Hi there, healers. My name is Dave of Dave of the Flames. I'm a Reiki teacher, life coach, and a clear cognizant. I blend these energies so that I can help you be the healer that you are meant to be. You work hard at taking care of others. Heal the Healers is a podcast that will help you find ways to take care of yourself. Do you often find yourself tired, low on energy, and overcommitted because you can't say no? I want to give you the tools to make you stronger so that you can work smarter and help more people around the world. No matter what healing modality you do, this podcast is for you. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to episode three of Heal the Healers podcast. Um, I'm kind of excited today because last week's podcast, uh, I talked about how to survive as an empath. And I was actually uh, kind of kind of blessed this week to make a contact um, with Elizabeth Ostoian, who is a recovering and thriving empath, who reached out to me and said, Dave, I saw I heard your episode and I have so much to say about this. Do you ever take guests? So Elizabeth, you are officially my first guest on this podcast, and I'm so pleased to have you. Um, Elizabeth and I talked the other day, and, and I, I just knew within moments that her energy aligned with mine, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So this is going to be like episode three, but it's like part two of last week's, where we talk about surviving as an empath and what that means. So Elizabeth, can you give us a little bit of a, a maybe a, a history of your journey as an empath and, and how you how you're a thriving empath now, what does that mean? Oh, my pleasure. And thank you for having me. Um, yeah, we, we got chatting for a while there. Um, I honestly did not even realize what the term meant or that I was any different than other people up until a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. So that's to tell you how unconscious I was about the things that I was doing. And I it kind of lit up in my head um, as far as what I've been doing since for as long as I can remember for, you know, as far back as a, being a toddler. And my definition of an empath really is with, um, you know, having a developed empathy center. Um, it's not that people, certain people don't feel feelings or they don't care about other people because certainly that can be the case. But as far as being an empath, um, there's, an interesting phenomenon that everyone who identifies as one seems to share, uh, which is that we tend to absorb other people's feelings and feel them as our own, like we take them on. And <laughs> I, for the life of me, could not understand for many, many decades, I'm 39, um, how people could hurt each other on purpose. Because if I were to do that, it would be like, I say it, like I, you can, I would slap myself, basically, you know, I would like hurt myself. Um, so it was just kind of baffling and, and mind boggling to me that, you know, like, what am I missing? What? <laughs> so um, one thing led to the other, you know, I, um, I definitely had my struggles. Um, as every empath will tell you, it does not come with instructions. Yeah. And if you if you are not, um, you know, we're, we're more self-aware society nowadays with you know higher communication in terms of technology and having access to each other and having groups and communities and um you know i didn't i grew, grew up before this so it was a little bit different you know i mean you could be called more like sensitive or you know caring but not necessarily this term of you know having a high empathy um level and for me it was it was pretty much a journey um what I didn't understand was 
why was I doing things that weren't good for me? <laughs> why was I self-sabotaging? Um, and not necessarily that they were not good for me, but I was putting other people first and more specifically their feelings above my needs. So we all put people before us at some point, you know, everyone does everything. It's not that, you know, some of us never care about people, my goodness, and some of us do all the time. But if you're looking at the proportion of, you know, when you have, let's say, 10 decisions to make, what do you decide based on what first, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was just an automatic response to be concerned with everyone's feelings before I was concerned with what I needed. And in a way, I was feeling fulfilled because now I, I had the permission to feel good because everybody else was happy. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't necessarily what I wanted <laughs> or what was good for me. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of like, what is going on? Why, why am I doing these things? And even when logic would tell me otherwise, that was another baffling thing. Because logically, you know, I have a good logic center in my brain as well that I make use of. But why would I not listen to that? And I would listen more to my heart, so to speak, right? Right. And when you operate this way, we tend to leave certain voids and match up with people who will fill those voids. So you if you have an imbalance in giving, giving, whatever it is, whether it's your time, your, um, you know, your good words, your actions, your service, whatever it is, you will automatically match up with people who are looking to take that. And it doesn't make them bad people. It's just they have an imbalance of overtaking and you have an imbalance of overgiving. And I had my fair share of those kinds of relationships and how you do something is how you do everything. So it didn't matter what kind of relationships they would be. If it was, you know, a personal relationship, a business relationship, friendships, you know, the person at Starbucks, whoever, the pattern was the same, you know you're happy first and then I can meet my needs. Maybe that was the hope that my brain was, <laughs> was working to because here's the thing. We all have the same basic human needs and we all prioritize certain ones on top of others with the hope <laughs> that our other needs that we basically screwed over are going to be fulfilled through this process of overdoing these needs. So for me, it was a lot of, I'm here to make you happy, just like the little gecko. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll hope for the best. And what do you know it, as every empath out there can tell you pretty much, um, that doesn't always happen. <laughs> you don't always get that, you know, pat on the head and the satisfaction and the hug and the, oh my God, you're such a good person. Thank you. So <laughs> that can kind of get the opposite and that can be very draining. So for me, it was a long journey in the making in terms of starting to take actions that were self-supportive, to get myself from circles of people that would play into that, into that dynamic that I was co-creating with them. Because again, I wasn't a victim to anything. They weren't a victim to anything. It just so happened that we were a match in that regard. And it, the interesting thing that occurred to me was that whenever I was trying to do the right logical thing, it felt badly. It felt wrong. So even though I knew like, you know, this is a situation I'm going along for the sake of the other person's happiness. So to speak, we'll call it happiness, but just so they're happy, they get what they want. And I know this isn't good for me. If I was to make the decision to put the logic above my feelings, right, which were dependent on their feelings, 
um, I would feel all kinds of things that weren't very good. And throughout my self-development journey, I read a lot. (laughs) And I did read Power Versus Force, which if anybody is familiar with the scale of vibration of the different um, emotions, um, those lower vibrational emotions um, are very true in terms of putting ourselves first if you have this kind of operating system like I did, namely uh, guilt, shame, blame, fear, anger, all of those things. So in a sense, I had to go face my gremlins and really be okay with feeling like a bad person, feeling selfish, feeling wrong, feeling like I didn't deserve to be there um, and put myself first. And what is interesting is that when you feel certain things and someone else voices them to your face, they hurt that much more. You really believe them because you think that about yourself inside. So that can keep you stuck in a relationship that's not good for you and just repeating the patterns. Um, Also, not just with the same person, but basically date the same problem with a different name and a color, right? (laughs) So (laughs) it was kind of going against who I thought I was, right? And who I wanted to be because I wanted to be this good person. Who doesn't want to be a good person? Who doesn't want to be caring? Who doesn't want people to feel good around them, right? So for me to go say, no, I'm going to go take care of myself and I'm going to do the things that are good for me, regardless of how you feel, that felt all kinds of wrong. So it it just kind of messed with my mind. So I kept going down the rabbit hole of what is happening in our brains? What is happening with, with what's going on? And I came across the work of Dr. Bruce Lipton. Again, more books, you know, YouTube videos and things like that. And he um, really kind of clarified the idea of the conscious and subconscious mind for me, as well as the superconscious mind, which is the collective consciousness. And I realized that a lot of the things that I was doing were happening because of my subconscious blocks and the subconscious thinking and the wiring that I had either been, that I was either born with and or acquired throughout my life because we still don't know nature versus nurture for sure. I'm inclined to think both. (laughs) I do think we kind of come into the world with a a setting, a default setting. That's kind of like your bare minimum to survive. Um, But then I started really going down, you know, that path. And it led me to a modality called Psych K um, that's been around for over 31 years now. And it's a modality that um, is in the realm of hypnosis but is faster and easier and more efficient. And it's able to shift the vibration of the feeling you are experiencing when you're thinking about a certain topic. So I booked myself a session as a client and within the first five minutes, I knew I was going to do that. Like that was, sign me up. How do I get trained? Um, it just to, to feel yourself um, shift the way you perceive yourself and everyone else without trying is something that I had not experienced before. And I experienced hypnosis, nothing against hypnosis. I didn't really feel anything and I didn't see anything come out of it. So for me, it would have been a longer time investment perhaps, and, you know, a lot more work with this modality. It was so quick. It was a couple of minutes and I felt something. So (laughs) sign me off for anything that makes me feel differently. Because there is the educating the intellect with the book, right? You you read. But just because you know something from a book doesn't mean you feel differently. 
And this modality helped me feel differently. Wow. So I became a facilitator. <laughs> it's, called, it's called Psyche, right? So it's spelled P-S-Y-C-H-K? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, I, I think one thing you said that was amazing is how you you feel horrible just trying to take care of yourself. And that is something that I, I've, I've been life coaching for years uh, and I've been healing for years with Reiki. And when I talk to a healer and when I talk to an empath and I tell them that they, you know, you need to take care of yourself first. The word selfish has such a negative, nasty connotation that they're like, I can't do that. I can't be selfish. You hit the nail right on the head when you said you're feeling this inside. And then the person who's overtaking or the narcissist that, that you're in a relationship with says, well, hey, I need you to do this. If you don't do it, you're just being selfish. And then that slaps you down to a level that just takes away your self-identity and your self-esteem and self-confidence. So you nailed it right there. And the fact that, um, that, that I mean, Lily, you, you described in a nutshell everything that I work with and, and all the people and the people listening to today's podcast, if you're dealing with these emotions, Elizabeth and I want to tell you right now, you are not a bad person for wanting to take care of yourself, for, for putting yourself first. And we want you to realize that it's okay to be selfish and selfish is not a nasty word selfish is basically saying you know what i'm going to take care of myself so that i'm strong enough to take care of five times more people than i'm currently taking care of you know and and that's one of the biggest things so just because you have this overtaker or you have these people in your life who are taking from you they're not the right kind of people and it's it's okay to to fire toxic people to fire toxic clients to fire um, you know, people that are taking your energy so that it hurts you from healing others. Um, so, so yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, can you tell us, um, you said Psyche talks about feelings and it made you want to, to learn more. Can, can you go into that for us? Yeah, for sure. Um, so basically Psyche is an interesting modality in that it's not taught from a book. It's not taught online. You have to fly wherever facilitators are throughout the country, whenever they have workshops, their private workshops, and you get trained. Um, and there are different levels to that. Um, the basic level is great if you want to work with yourself, with your friends. I knew I was going to go hit every level because <laughs> <laughs> I just, I wanted, like, I wanted all of it. Right. Um, the interesting thing as a facilitator is that you can go through these workshops without uh, working with your things, <laughs> with your own gremlins. Um, and I love what you say about self-healing, you know, and, and also thriving because um, that was basically the journey as we were learning the protocols. And obviously we have instructors there that are correcting us. They're make, making sure we're doing this correctly. We're working with people's subconscious minds here. So <laughs> we want to be, <laughs> we want to be safe and good and appropriate. And there is a clause in every process that we do that is safe and appropriate for the partner. We call our clients partners. Um, so as we're going through these workshops and these protocols, we're actually cleaning up our own baggage, right? So when we show up to work with clients, when someone says something where they're going through things, we're not being triggered. So we're able to essentially hold safe, sacred space for them to be who they are and to deal with what it is that they're dealing with. There's no judgment. There's no, you know, us leading in terms of, you know, you should want this or you should want that. Um, Psyche is beautiful in that regard because it really um, is about self-empowerment and recognizing one's inner wisdom. 
as as a facilitator, I don't dictate what people should believe. It it all works out with their subconscious mind. So what we're doing is we're bridging the gap between the conscious will and the subconscious mind and programming that we've been subscribing to all of our life. And then we can get the two aligned. (laughs) So they're not at odds with each other. Because what you're describing is, you know, you have this conscious will to do right by yourself and the five people that you could be helping if you're not pulling, being pulled in this um, pattern that uh, is destroying you, right? And taking away your energy and your time and your self-esteem and everything else. Um, But subconsciously, you're being pulled to do what you're programmed to do. And the subconscious mind, the terms about 95%, over 95% in certain regards um, of our feelings, of our thoughts, and as a result, the actions we take. And of course, actions give us results, right? (laughs) So we're kind of stuck on this repeating loop, you know, of limiting beliefs with limiting patterns and limited results right and that's why we want to go to the gym and it's like yeah i'm gonna go but then habit kicks in and we're not going to the gym (laughs) right why because habit has been building up for years and you're not gonna just change it right so when we talk about change within someone it's very important to get educated in the framework like we're talking about, right? To kind of put a map over like, you are here, this is what's happening. So you know logically, right? And also to give yourself logical permission to take care of yourself, to make changes, to to understand that you're not alone. That's the, the big thing. A lot of people feel like nobody understands them. Right. Um, but there's also the other part. Besides logic, we need the feelings aligned because I know we have a logical part of the mind and, and a feelings, emotional part of the mind. But feelings are primal, you know, we were animals, like we react based on feelings. You know, that's why when, you know, marketers sell, they go after your feelings. They don't go after your logic. They back it up with logic, right? Right. Just in case, just in case you want to do your research, here's the numbers, but we never start with the numbers, right? (laughs) So we need both in order for you to not play that tug of war inside your mind and have that turmoil that you're dealing with every single time, right? And then of course, action steps are going to move the needle and you don't have to take every action step all the time, but even if you attempt to take different action steps because your mind is now telling you it's not wrong and you're a little awkward in the beginning, if you try 10 times and you succeed twice, Okay, you're making you're making baby steps progress. So all of these together are necessary for you to feel better and to think, you know, different thought patterns and to change your life. And that's where I love to to kind of take it a step further because yes, I work one-on-one in sessions with clients and we work with the emotions, but I also feel like there needs to be a bit of educating the conscious mind. And that's why I'm interested in reaching out and talking about this work and also putting a map together, right, for what it takes to know yourself, what it takes to accept yourself as you are, and to love yourself unconditionally. Because these things that we believe about ourselves that are bad, and by the way, every person, every person in the world, I guarantee you, they feel insecure about something. For empaths in particular, it is self-care, self-love. It is that fear of being selfish, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, never, never being able to say no to someone. I mean, that, never that's, the, that's the biggest thing for an empath. And, and especially when you're growing up as an empath, you know, you're, you're judged and you're told by your, your parents or your family, you know, you're so emotional. You know, why, why are you like this? Yeah. You know, and, and especially if you're a male, you know, male empaths get it a lot worse than, than female empaths because males are supposed to have a certain image, you know, whether, whether you know, no matter what it is, but it's like, stop being so emotional. So, an empath will, a male empath will turn off part of themselves to be someone fake, to, to compartmentalize and to bury all this. And then all of a sudden in your 20s and 30s, it all explodes out of this box that you, you buried it in because you tried to be a tough teenager and you tried to do all these things uh, with detrimental results. So so being, a, and, and from first, um, I, I know several women in past that give, give, give so much and they think that they're supposed to that they never find an identity for themselves. And, and so that's been the, the two things that I'm, that I'm finding when I'm working with empaths is males feel weakness and women lose their identity because until they figure out who they are and that there's true strength in being an empath and that there's true strength in, in taking care of yourself and, and you don't have to say yes to everything, um, it, it, it's scary. And, and fixing a lot of that as an adult is, is a lot of, you know, I definitely have job security. You and I both have job security, you, you know, because we knew this, but we also love to, to teach people, hey, just because you're an empath, you are not bad, you are not broken, there is nothing wrong with you, you are exceptional. And what we want to do is we want to give you some tools so that you can shield yourself from society in some ways and shield yourself from harmful people who are coming in and trying to take your identity and try and take all of your vulnerability and turn it against you and it, it sounds like you know you and i are on the same path in a lot of different ways and i, I love the fact that uh, that we're talking about this today because it's so important for people to realize that they're not alone i am so glad you said that because part of my journey throughout you know my teens and my you know once you start getting some sense of identity right like you're you're kind of a preteen a pre you know, teen, kind of going into teenage years, young adult, um, but even going into your thirties, you know, um, it was this, I always said, like, I felt like I was an alien dropped off by mothership and kind of forgotten. And I was like, I know there must be others out there, but I can't connect. Right. Like, it's just, you know, and it's not that I couldn't make connections with people. People were like, we attract a lot of people around us, right? Like you walk into a room and you can tell the temperature of the room, you know, like emotionally. Yeah. And and if people leave feeling better, they're going to gravitate towards you, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing at all. That's kind of like a little superpower there. <laughs> right? Once you realize like what's happening and how to do it. I remember as a child, I, I grew up with my grandparents and my mom, very happy household, you know, in, in a communist country, by the way. And, um, what I one of the earliest things that I remember thinking was how every single personality in the house would react differently to the same situation, and that I could go to every single one and kind of like talk to them, talk to them. <laughs> I was like five, <laughs> um, but I I could influence how they were feeling, and I remember very clearly one of my earliest thoughts about myself was kind of like an aha. I'm a little battery for people to feel better. Mm -hmm. And like you get praised for that, right? Like, of course, who doesn't want people that make them feel better? Like if you're naturally positive and you want to do those things, you know, everyone is going to be like, yes, do more of that. But, you know, 
you shouldn't get lost in that, like you said, where you don't know your identity. And the thing about empaths, it's a, it's a lot of the times they don't exist outside of their relationships. If you take those away (laughs) and you help nobody for the rest of your life, right? Who are you and how do you find your own sense of self-worth and happiness? And I'm understanding this after really diving into the human needs that, again, every single person on the planet has. I've had clients literally from... California, all the way to Europe, all the way to Australia. That's the beauty of working online. You work with time differences, but you know you get to speak with a lot of different people. And it doesn't matter what happened to us when we were three, five, nine, 15 years old, whatever you know the, the case is. We all have the same needs that we're trying to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And if we're looking at the basic physical needs, right? The the animal needs. Yes, we need air, we need water, we need food, we need shelter, we need clothing, all of that. All of us, like if those are threatened, (laughs) you're going to see the animal coming out in a person, right? No matter what. And that's why like, there's no toilet paper. People are (laughs) are arguing with each other. But beyond that, beyond the animal part, we have these consciousness needs that, um, you know, the, the way I see them, they are in almost like a seesaw pattern, right? Like they kind of balance each other out because we have a need for individuality and being special snowflakes, right? And and being significant and, you know, mattering because if we are, then yeah, you know, we procreate and we do all those things, plus we have a better life. And at the same time, balanced with that, we have a need to contribute and for tribe acceptance, right? And And that's just how it is if we are part of a tribe we're more likely to survive (laughs) so these are always you know kind of in balance and it's your give giving and your receiving that are going to influence these two if you're overly focused on the tribe part you're not going to take as much if you're overly focused on yourself you're gonna take without really contributing and again it's not a bad thing either way we both have these needs, right? We, we all have these, these needs. Um, the problem is when we are not capable of doing both because you're never going to be in perfect balance all the time. Never, never, right? Like don't step an inch out of line. There are situations when you should contribute more to the tribe than to yourself. There are other situations when you should contribute more to yourself than the tribe. And no matter what you do, you're going to screw the other one over. Like you need to make peace with that. That's okay. But again, emotionally, if your brain is overly active in the area of empathy and giving and all of those things, it's going to be underdeveloped in the area of your self-worth. So when we're looking at these two needs for empaths, it's usually the need to give is overdeveloped and we need to develop the need for the self. And what's interesting is that just because we have this default program that we are either born with or we have been practicing since we were little, right, of giving, 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 doesn't mean that that's our destiny and we're supposed to die that way. The whole point of life is that it's a hero's journey. So we start there. That's the the starting point, right, on the map. You are here, (laughs) right? You become aware that you've been doing this for a couple of years, you know, maybe there's a pattern here. What's going on? Stepping off that autopilot is you awakening, right? And starting to take manual steps 
to balance that out. And it's not going to be easy. It's you're going to have to learn skills, right? Intangible and practical skills to take care of yourself. Because also, if you're dependent on other people emotionally, you're going to be dependent on them in many different ways, right? So you're going to develop some life skills with that, you know, to manage you because you're going to get something out of a relationship, by the way. Don't think that just because you're an empath and you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you're not getting anything out of it. You are, and that's okay because needs, big lessons. Yeah, um, you're getting something out of it. So what? What are they? What needs are they fulfilling for you? Because you're gonna start the process of becoming aware of those needs and fulfilling them yourself, and you're gonna have to take steps towards it so that you can be independent in every way, shape, or form. <laughs> you're not gonna be less of a good person. You're not gonna be less in the, uh, less caring. You're not gonna be less um, understanding, and you know why? Like when you are centered, nobody calls you selfish because a balanced person does not expect you to put them first because mm-hmm. that's kind of selfish in itself. <laughs> you, you know, you've arrived as an empath when you're able to set boundaries. Oh yeah. You know, because and and that that's incredible. And then the biggest way to set a boundary as an empath is self love. You know, self esteem, self confidence. You know, all these different things. When you have that, when you realize that you are your own best friend, when you look in the mirror and that voice that for years tormented you about how bad you were is silent. And all of a sudden you look in the mirror and you see yourself as your best friend and you're like, holy crap, you know, and then someone calls you and it's, it's like, hey, you know, hey, can you do this? I was like, well, no, you know, I can't. And, so, and you're setting these boundaries and, and it's incredible. And I know, um, you know, I, I can be kind of a jerk sometimes when I meet a new empath and I, I was like, my favorite game to play with an empath is to buy them something, you know, because, you know, you buy them something and they feel they're, they're I can always tell when their self-worth is, is bad because they're like, oh, no, I can't accept this. It's too, it's too generous. You know, um, please don't waste your money on me. Please don't do this for me. You know, please, you know, and I'll do something nice for it. And, and, and it's so funny. And, and then I, I just push it and I play this game and, and afterwards, I turn it into a lesson. It's like, see right here, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I did something kind, and you won't take it. So because of this, you're not letting me be happy. I said, so what is it with you? When you try to be kind to someone, doesn't it make you feel good? And they're like, well, yeah, it's part of my existence of who I am. It's like, okay, so I'm trying to do that to you, and you're not letting me. So you're taking my happiness away by doing that. And they're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And that's like one of the first steps of helping an empath realize some self-love that they're worthy um, to, to do something. And it's, you know, they shouldn't be ashamed of who they are. And um, I can always tell, you know, like I'll, I'll go through and then all of a sudden I'll do something nice for them and they, they just say, please and thank you. That when, when you have an empath that says, please and thank you for accepting a gift and that they're able to set boundaries, then they really have done so much personal development, self-development, self-reflection, and they've learned from and from lessons and they've healed wounds. And that's the, the outcome that I want for every empath listening to our podcast right now is please, you know, this this is the outcome that we want for you. But it, it is going to be a hard, hard journey. And both Elizabeth and I, we, when we talked the other day, we both have had the same kind of journey and the same kind of fears and the same kind of shame and the same kind of people taking advantage of us. And I think that you listening today are feeling that you know, you have those same ways, you have those same toxic relationships. And I, I love what Elizabeth just said earlier was, 
you know, everybody gets something out of the relationship, whether it's a lesson, whether it's some kind of need filled or something, but you're getting that, but know that there's more out of life and know that you are worthy and that, that once you start loving yourself, this is something that, that is going to be great. I'm going to put my contact information at the end. I'm going to put Elizabeth's contact information in. So if you guys have questions about how to love yourself, please reach out to both of us because, you know, we, we will be there for you because that's one of the big things of, of what we're doing is we want to just make sure that, that you have, you have a, a release and you have an outlet and you have support. Elizabeth, how did you find your first support system? Very good question. I would say as a breakthrough, I've, I mean, I I had a loving family growing up. I guess I was a very happy kid. So in that regard, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better childhood. But as far as a tribe <laughs> that got me, <laughs> right, my people, <laughs> um, I, did, I did open up their psyche. Um, I think you and I were chatting the other day. And, you know, I said, one of the biggest things for me was that I always held all of my feelings to myself. And I never even admitted a lot of things to myself. And I would even numb myself from, from my own feelings, or I would go through things that could be potentially traumatizing, right? Like, let's not talk about trauma, because I'm not a psycho psychotherapist, so I'm not going to use that legally. But to me, they felt like these things in my life were very, very hard and they made me feel very, very bad, right? Mm -hmm. And I had no outlet, no way to process, no way to understand, you know, and it, it felt very lonely. And, you know, you could talk to friends, you could talk to other people, but you get well-meaning advice <laughs> much more than than things that are necessarily good for you or you know a, a recipe and how to work with your feelings and how to process things and let them go right like learn the lesson and remember the memories and remember the good not just the bad because very often we just remember the bad mm -hmm. um but let that emotional attachment go so that you're not stuck in it and it's not keeping you from living a full thriving life going forward. And what I ended up doing was, and I see this with so many empaths, um, and, and you nailed it when you said men, particularly my clients have been literally 50% men and 50% women. Mm -hmm. We build up these walls, right? To make sure that we're safe and we never hit there again. And we hope yeah. that part of us that got hurt, nobody ever, ever sees again, because if they can see it, then we can get hurt. Mm -hmm. And you're living a half life before you know it, you look around and you're like, this is not my life. Like I'm living in the wrong movie. Like <laughs> what is happening? So that really is what led me to Psyche. That's why when I contacted the facilitator that I booked for my session, I literally said, I hold space. And I used those words before I even knew that that's what a facilitator did. I'm like, I hold space at work. I was employed at the time for my entire team to be themselves. And I love it. And they're growing and they're happy. But for some reason, I can't do that for myself. Mm -hmm. And the first belief that we... Um, we checked for, right? Because there's a way to work with your subconscious to see what it believes and what it doesn't was I love myself and all that I am. And that came back that it was not what was happening. That was not my default program. Right. I did not love myself, all of myself. <laughs> there were parts of me that were unlovable to me. Mm -hmm. 
And when I shifted the feeling first, before I even did any research further into this, because I, I, I was fascinated afterwards, I was like, oh my God, that's what was happening? Like, I didn't know. <laughs> you know like, <laughs> they're unconscious. That's your shadow. You don't know about it. Yeah. And once I felt the, the feeling actually to, you know, and this process does that, you know, it's an experiential process. I can talk about it all day long, but if you don't experience it, you just have to take my word for it. <laughs> you know, like it's just... <laughs> It, it it makes you feel a lot better about whatever it is that we're working with. And once I did that, I just kind of like, I, I realized, wow, like I have a different perception of myself and I can take different actions. I remembered actually right the day before I was trying to get my friend to go to the gym with me because I wanted to go into the free weights area where it was usually like populated by teenage guys that were working out with like very heavy weights and I'm like I'm gonna be the only girl there with like two pound weights you know and I feel so I was like oh my god I'm gonna be judged come with me right then my friend was like girl just go to the gym right and I'm like no we'll see and after the session um when I I shifted that I you know there's nothing wrong with me basically I love all of me I skipped over to the gym. I could, like, I was so blind to people. I couldn't, like, I, I had my headphones on. I was, and I didn't even realize, like, halfway through, I was like, oh, my God, I don't even notice that they have heads with brains to have thoughts about me. Like, <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> so it changes your perception, and it's enabling you to take actions that are far more self-supportive. Mm-hmm. Um with yeah so for me the first tribe was through psyche because i was very very guarded and when you're in a workshop and you're learning all these things and then you're sharing and you're working with someone and the you know subconscious is coming up and you're clearing some things maybe some tears um and nothing like you know depression or anything like just releasing energies you know whether you're sneezing you're crying you're you know you're feeling differently and you realize that there is 8 10 12 15 20 40 something people however many you have in that workshop that are going through similar processes and everyone is open and safe and it's safe for you to be all of who you are and nobody's judging you it kind of opens you up to be a lot more authentic, you know? And that was my goal. I wanted to build my life and my business because I knew I was going to do this, um, to be authentic to me, right? Mm-hmm. It's one thing. You don't have to have an occupation that is necessarily authentic or in line with your calling. There are certain times when you got to pay the bills. I had jobs. I had other businesses before. But I knew when I wanted to do something that I really cared about and going forward with my life I wanted something that aligned with who I am and for me it is about helping people to see how amazing they are to accept all the parts that are not acceptable (laughs) and to love themselves because that one belief had I done nothing else had I not gone on to become a facilitator and work with other people that one belief was change enough for me that the quality of my life changed. Even if my life didn't change, the quality of my life would change because of the feelings and the thoughts I would have. Yep, 100%. Um, yeah, so for me, I would say, yeah, um, having a tribe, that's why I'm looking to, I, I'm, I'm thinking through things, right? As I'm working with you, if I wasn't going to do classes, I wasn't going to do workshops, but I think I'm putting together a class because we need the logic, right? We need the framework of, you are here. This is what's happening. This is the process. It's not just happening to you. It's happening to a lot of people. You have a hero's journey. Let's map it out for you um, and with you, right? 
Um, you need the, the shift in feelings and you need tribe support. Um, we have all of those needs. And if I was to put out a product that doesn't have those, I don't think I would give a full solution. It starts with self-love. It starts with self-acceptance. It starts with self-knowledge. Um, I, you and I chatted a little bit about um, the psychology, typology, and you know personalities and things like that. Um, that's something I'd be studying too. Um, I don't want to get too much into it in case somebody's not uh, you know aware of it, but just know that you definitely don't operate by the system by yourself. There are plenty of people who are subscribing to the same operating system as you. And there is, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like you can absolutely get to a point where you have a healthy relationship with you and that changes the dynamics of your relationships. Not only, like I see a lot of empaths, you know, we're talking about boundaries and they're like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, okay, I'll try to to put my, my boundaries in place. And something happens when you align your conscious and subconscious mind, your logic and your intuition and your emotions, and you follow through with actions where your standards are now set and you don't even have to set boundaries in place. The people that you're attracting and interacting with are a lot different than the people that are there to try to take advantage of anyone unconsciously. And again, they're not bad people necessarily. Um, but it just, it changes. And it's so much more satisfying as an empath to be able to be around people that are looking to receive what you are putting out, right? Like you're giving all of this, you know, service of yourself, right? Um, and all this love. And it hurts when the other person doesn't want it or they abuse it, right? But to give it and to have it received and to be able to receive from other people and feel good about it, you know, try, like you said, try to give a compliment to an empath who hasn't, you know, started their journey or they're trying, you know, it's a whole different, it's a whole different ball game. One thing I find from empaths, and I'm wondering if you could give some advice here, um, is um, especially like a single parent empath or, or you know, any but just a new empath in general, but they will not spend money on themselves, mm-hmm. you know? So, so they, they, they don't spend money on themselves for any kind of personal, personal development programs or any kind of help. They will gladly go out and buy a PlayStation for their child or a PlayStation for a neighbor's child. Even They'll, they'll go out and spend all this money on others to make them feel good, but they, they don't, they think that if they spend money on themselves to buy themselves something that it's being selfish and it's dirty and I can't do that. It makes them feel bad. What, what kind of advice would you have to someone to be able to say, hey, you're worth spending the money on for your improvement and your health? Yeah, that is such a, a an astute observation because I, I've seen that too. I've, I've, I've loved it. I mean, my mother, <laughs> always putting everyone first, right? Like, you know, um, but I think it's important to understand that everyone will feel guilt, shame, blame, anger, you know, all of the lower vibration um, emotions about something. That something is specific to your personality type. For empaths who put other people at the top, the shadow will be themselves. So they will feel all of these lower vibration emotions as a result of working in that area that's normal. (laughs) Like, it's not okay if you're trying to balance yourself out, 
but that's the process. Like this is typical, right? This, this arc of, you know, putting others first and me feeling guilty, feeling good when I put others first, feeling guilty. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, your logic sitting by and going, well, what are you doing? Right. And, and everyone else telling you that that's the other thing because everyone can see it, but you, and you don't want to accept it. Right? <laughs> so the, the most empowering thing to do, and this has been kind of becoming like a trending, you know, hashtag and, you know, talking about shadow work and everybody's talking about it, but they don't know what it means. And that's why I'm doing this workshop that's free to begin with. And then the class that is a pay what you want rate so that everyone can have access to further, you know, support. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, because 80% of the people that, you know, are estimated not to to love themselves, according to Dr. Bruce Lipton. So we have a lot of work to do. (laughs) So the number one thing is to start working with that guilt, start working with that shame, start working with all of the things that you don't want to deal with. We tend to get away from that and that becomes our blind spot. And whatever is in our blind spot is underdeveloped and is going to be correlated to life problems. If you look at the things that you're brilliant at and great at, you're developed in those areas because you're getting those results. Mm -hmm. But again, every single person has little gremlins, right? Whether we like to admit it or not. And we run away from them. And what do we do? We either ignore them, right? Oh, no, that's just, no, no, no. I'm just going to do more of this. And therefore, I'll feel better about not being selfish, right? I'm just going to give more. Um, Or we're going to dissociate from them and just be like, oh, no, no, that's not my problem. It's everybody else's. Y'all empaths have a problem with that, not me, right? <laughs> Being there, complete denial. Um, and, you know, because you don't know what to do with this, right? Like, it's almost like you're looking to um, to write a thesis and you're at the four-year-old, you know, toddler level, mm-hmm. you know? And you're like, well, there's this big life problem to resolve. And you're like, blah, 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 blah. I don't know, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> don't want to deal with that. It's hard, right? And we also tend to delegate that part to other people, whether consciously or unconsciously. And again, everyone does it. I still do it. I work with my, my subconscious and my shadow all day, but that's the default program. And I have to snap out of it every single time or consciously delegate and make sure that I don't keep doing it ad nauseum because you can be out of control that way, right? right. So let's say that you're someone that um, you're not good at finances. What are you going to do? You're going to couple up with someone who's controlling about finances because you don't want to deal with them and they love to do it, right? And that could work or it can be very unhealthy, right? Mm -hmm. If we are not able to do the things that are hard for us that are in our shadow, we don't exercise free will. We cannot because we're defaulting to what it is that we have been doing. And you can't have free will if you only have one choice. So the more you can work with your shadow, the more you can develop the things that you are guilty about, that you are ashamed about, that you deny, that you ignore, that you delegate to other people, that you blame other people for, right? Like, you didn't do this for me. You didn't, right? Like, you know, all of us do it, right? Like, the bills didn't get paid. Well, if I was to pay the bills, why didn't you? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's 100% true. And, and that shadow is definitely what keeps us from realizing that, hey, you know, I can spend money on myself. I can better myself. I can do this. I can go back to school. I can take this course. Um, And it's funny, we talk so much about shadow related because my practice has grown into shadow work. And I've been healing a lot through shadow. 
um, and with shadow and, and teaching people how to embrace the shadow part of themselves. And it's funny, uh, one of my clients, I, I'd never met her before, but the, the, it was a referral um, of someone who knew how I worked. And so she's like, well, I'd like to come in, but she wants me to come with her. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, you can be there. It's fine. So I'm with this woman and within like six to seven minutes of being with her, she just looks at me. She says, you know, all I really want to do is hate you right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I, I literally, I just introduced myself and then I just went, I mean, the energy she was pouring off and I was able to see the energy and I just had so much to say. And I started talking a lot about her shadow and she was getting very angry at me because I, I was calling her out on who she is. Um, just in this short introduction, she's like, how, how do you know all this about me? She accused her friend of saying, well, did you tell her this? And she's like, I haven't told him anything except your first name. Um, but when you're working with shadow, it's very evident because you can see an empath and you can see how, um, how incredible they are. And, and when all this energy starts coming off and when you start seeing their shadow and dealing with their shadow and pulling it up, they don't want to talk about it. So it makes them want to run and retreat. And what you did, what my practice has turned into Liv, is I literally have to like say, no, we're going to sit, we're going to talk. This is a safe spot. Uh, we just have to talk about all this negativity, all these things that you're feeling. And a lot of times you're, you're being negative, you're being mean, you're being a jerk, you know, to either yourself or to other people and it's part of your shadow. So let's embrace that because you can be good and bad and be an empath. You know, you, you really can. People who are empaths, who have high um, uh, emotional intelligence, they can go in and affect the room. They can turn everybody positive or they can turn everybody negative very quickly, you, you know, and especially it, it, it's so crazy. So, so being able to identify that, being able to say, I need to take some classes to learn how to use my gifts. You know, it's, it's kind of like that superhero thing that we talked about earlier. You know, you can be a superhero who can control a lot of people with, with your emotions. So you need to learn how to, either use it and, or, and not to abuse it if possible. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and that's, that's the, the fun part because it is a superpower that is untapped. If you consider your giving powers as your superhero and you're taking as your villain, um, they don't exist without each other. I love and, that. I've, I've never heard that analogy before. I absolutely love that. No. And, and think about it. If the villain would like quit being a villain, what the heck would the superhero do? <laughs> Just chill <laughs> under a tree, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> <what's your mind? laughs> so, <laughs> Just be like, all right, I guess that's that. Here's my notice, you know? Right. Uh, so, you know, you have to work with both. And in this, you know, spiritual and self-development community, we can go overboard with a positive thinking, right? Like we're so afraid of thinking about thought. Oh no, this thing crept into my into my mind. You know, just I go sage things, right? <laughs> it's, so, it's so true because people are like, oh, I can't think this thing. But and it's a lot of what I do. Like I walk in and I start cussing or I'll start talking about something inappropriate because it's just that's the shadow that's going on in the room. And people are like, oh, you you know, I thought you were a healer. I thought you were a good person. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, fucking get over yourself, you know, come on, let's, let's talk real here, yeah. because this is what it is, and, and when you talk real, and you identify both sides of yourself, and you embrace both sides of yourself, I saw such a neat um, graphic the other day, and I, I wish I would taken a picture of it, but it, it was the same person, um, one, like, just a silhouette all in white, and a silhouette all in dark, representing the light and shadow, and they were embracing each other. And, and it was beautiful. And I wish I had taken a picture because I remember where I saw that. 
But that's a lot of what we're talking about here today is you need to embrace your shadow. You need to own it. You need to hug it, make it a part of you. And when you make the shadow a part of you with your empath abilities, you become stronger and you become so, so much of a, a, a force for good in this world. Yeah, it is so spot on because here's the thing, your superhero state where you're saving people with your giving powers and everything, um, that's just kind of your comfort zone. Your villain states that you don't want to do that you're afraid of, that is on top potential and that's outside of your comfort zone. And as soon as you expand your comfort zone, it gives you so much more range and access to your full power and potential that you can literally beam out so much more energy and goodness and efficiency and help without even trying. And here you are trying to talk yourself, you know, into like feeling better, you know, through doing little things or major things or, you know, whatever with one or two or three or five people. And you can actually upgrade yourself to enter your full potential and your full power and you can affect so many more people and it has a ripple effect. And empaths, like we, we don't really think of ourselves as leaders, but we can be tremendous leaders because we understand emotions on an unconscious level. That's never going to go away. Don't think that you'll just, you know, start taking care of yourself and suddenly, you know, you don't care about people's feelings and you're a jerk. Yeah, not about because you no, and because you you still understand it and you still care, like, you know, you can do so much good, but you're not doing it from a trying, right? Trying and being miserable and suffering kind of like responsibility and obligation kind of thing. You're doing it out of inspiration, out of being yourself. And that's where it's easy. And that's where it's not draining when you're actually standing in your power and you're being. Being is the new doing, right? So when you tap into that, like opportunities open up, right? And and you, you start collaborating with people. You start influencing other people. Other people influence you. And it is such a, a beautiful co-creation that why wouldn't you want to step into that into that um, potential of yours because nothing's going to change if you don't step into your potential mm-hmm. like nobody nobody can do it for you people can help you and by all means i advise working with someone else with your shadow because if you're doing shadow work alone you're not doing it no, <laughs> let's just be honest no, I, <laughs> I still book colleagues every single week yep. on average sometimes twice a week as I go through my week, as I go through my day, as I work with my coach and like, I get like all, oh no, I, do, I don't like it. And I get triggered. I book someone because I'm like, what is this about? What is, I need to understand it. What is going on? What is it? It's, it's affecting so many things, you know? I don't let things go anymore. Like I, I deal with them now because if you don't deal with them, they will come out. At very inappropriate times, with very inappropriate people in very inappropriate ways. And you're going to be like, where did this come from? We are human beings. In the physical, we experience a range of emotions. The physical has polarity. It doesn't just exist in the positive, right? That's the whole point of being human. You have to to accept your humanity. It is divine, okay? Mm-hmm. Divinity doesn't mean, right? Like in the spiritual community, we want this enlightenment and all the positivity and love and everything else. But you're not going to get there if you're like, you know, just denying this other part. 
Right. You know, so many of us are our own worst enemies. We have these, right, the little villains, the little gremlins <laughs> in there, and we hate them, and we want them to, to go away. Yeah. But what's the easiest way to eradicate a, a, an enemy, right, yeah. a villain? is to love them. Yeah. It, it it's really, not to make them, like, to fight them. Because <laughs> even it, if you win, they'll fight you back. Yeah, they, they do. And, and it's so funny because if people could really see, like, what's in our heads, they'd be, they, they'd be, they wouldn't let us anywhere near that. <laughs> you know? But, like, for me, I think one of my funniest posts that I got so much traction on one time was I was in Costco. And uh, you go into Costco and they have all these cakes lined up that people order. And it, it's like they've been made for the day. And I remember seeing a cake for, like, a three-year-old. Um, and I was, I made a post and I took a picture of the cake and I said, you know, I should buy this, this cake and take it home with me and eat it. And that way little Billy doesn't have a birthday cake today. And that'll teach him what life, how hard life really is. And, and I just, I made that post to be funny. I got so many angry replies to that post. It's like, Dave, how could you even think that way? You're too nice of a person. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> but you're thinking, you know, that's the shadow of yours. You're thinking these things, but you don't act on them. And, yeah. but the funny, the reactions that I got from that post was, you know, it, it, it was hysterical and I loved it because a lot of empaths, a lot of people, a lot of truly good people have dark thoughts. I am capable of such darkness. I know this. I know that if push came to shove, I could do dark things, oh, yeah. but I choose not to. And that's what makes me the hero. You know, I tell people, if, if you can think of yourself, if, if you think all these great thoughts all the time and you, you're, you're a good person, you do all these things, you know, you're not as good as I am because I know the darkness in my, in my heart and I fight every day not to do it. So that makes me a better person than you, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and we laugh about that, but, yeah. but it's true. And being able to overcome that darkness, being able to, to control that shadow, being able to love that shadow. I love the dark part of myself. Because one, it gives me really good humor, but it also lets me see into the darkness of others in order to help them find the light. Yeah. And and, and that is just, it, it's, a, it's a great thing. And I love your superhero, supervillain analogy. I've never heard that before. Um, and, and I have to say, I, I, I <laughs> she's holding up a Superman mug. I absolutely love that. Um, I shared a Finney for Superman. I, Christopher Reeve is one of my heroes in, in real life. You know, and I love him as, as a human being and in his role of Superman. So, uh, so definitely, I love that that hero approach. I'm, I'm a big geek when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, I'm Elizabeth, with you. <laughs> it has been a pleasure today. Oh my God, I, I can't even tell you how much I've learned today and how much I've enjoyed this. And I want to thank you for coming, being the first guest on my podcast. Uh, I'm so happy about that. Uh, can you tell people how to reach reach you? Your your Instagram, Facebook, or, or contact info. Yeah, for sure. Um, my Facebook is, you can just type in my name, Elizabeth Stoyan, S-T-O-I-A-N. My profile is public. You can friend me, message me, say who you are and all that, because like things get backed up in there. So if you send me a message, it's probably easier just to be like, hey, I heard of you from here. And, you know, this is what I want to connect with you for. Um, my website is Pax, P-A-X, integrity.com. Pax means peace. Integrity is about living with integrity, both the light and the dark, integrating both sides of your brain, your logic and your emotions and wow. um, showing up as who you are in any situation because, my God, can we edit ourselves, um, you know, as empaths and just show what we think the other person wants from us, you know, without really showing who we are and 
that's not really an authentic relationship. It doesn't give people a chance to get to know you and make the decision for themselves. And it's definitely not a very self-empowered state. So to me, that has always been my life goal (laughs) to be able to show up as myself. And like you said, to acknowledge the good and the not so good and the bad and the very bad and all the in-betweens and know that it's okay and it's beautiful and it's really there's so much strength you know you really gain um free will when you are able to acknowledge and embrace the parts of you that you don't want to acknowledge and embrace um because now you can have a choice as to how you choose to be and by the way the shadow isn't bad um but whatever is in your shadow is someone else's um light and vice versa, what is um, someone else's light is your shadow. So, and what's in their shadow is your light. So it's not that these things that are in your particular shadow are bad. It's that you perceive them as bad. And they're actually just a tool to, um, you know, to give you options because every situation is different. And sometimes it's appropriate to... um, work with your light and other times it's appropriate to pull from your shadow it gives you additional tools so okay so wow i really love what you just said about the shadow i i, I mean it's just it's so incredible and, and i'm really um i don't know it's just such a pleasure having you here today thank, thank you. you so very much um if you're listening today you can get a hold of me on instagram um my instagram is dave.shuck um my email is uh dave at daveoftheflames.com and then my website is davidtheflames.com as well, uh, where you can um, listen and subscribe to more of this podcast. Um, again, a great pleasure to have you here. I hope to have you back sometime in the future when you uh, when you get your class out. Uh, especially, I, I want to definitely I wanted to kind of look at that and take advantage of it as well. Um, I'll also put links to your uh, your information in our show notes today, so that people can can reach out to you. But again, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being. You're welcome. And thank you so much. Likewise, I am so happy with this. It's been a blast. And it's it's so good to know that there are people like you who are doing this kind of work and we're giving a voice to things that are very often unspoken. Um, because I know that I was looking for, you know, clarification and connection for so long. And when I finally found it and I understood what was going on and how to have a plan for awakening, really, how to have a framework for working through that shadow, how to work with my strengths, how to, you know, merge everything together. Um, it opened up so many possibilities and it really, it changed the quality of my life and it's enabled me to change my life and the life of other people. So it's really important to talk about these things. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and I absolutely look forward to chatting sometime, you know, in the future as well. That sounds good. Thank you. Everybody have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye. And we're out.